answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! This is Larry Connors USA. Larry Connors USA. Mr. President, I do solemnly swear or affirm that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that I take this obligation freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion, and that I will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office on which I'm about to enter so help me God. Mr. President, that's the oath that we all take once we come, become senators of the United States. Mr. President, just imagine that you are Allison and John Phillips. Last Thursday afternoon, you get a phone call from law enforcement in Athens, Georgia. The voice on the other end of the phone says that your daughter has been murdered by an illegal immigrant. I cannot imagine what that feels like. And it has been repeated, unfortunately, numerous times, thousands of times over, ever since Biden opened up the borders. And he takes the same oath of office that you were hearing at that time from Alabama Senator Tuberville. I swear to protect this nation from all enemies, foreign and domestic. Everyone going into the military takes the same oath. And this president and his cabinet members on his direction have ignored their oath from day one. They're not protecting our nation from all enemies, foreign and domestic. In fact, they're inviting them. That is why we have the invasion we have underway right now. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I just violated a federal policy that they're trying to put into effect. Will you forgive me? Actually, I don't give a rip if you forgive me or not. And the same thing with the government. You're not, if you recall, for a time, you could not use the words aliens. That was not, that was not really nice. You can't call them aliens. And then you can't call them illegals. And now you can't call them immigrants. No, they're supposed to be called, according to the government pages now, newcomers. Newcomers. Well, then let me use that phrase if you want, but I'm going to add one word with it. They are Biden newcomers. They fit right with Bidenomics and everything else that has his name attached to it. They're not newcomers in the sense they just arrived in your city from another city and as already American citizens, they come here illegally. They are still illegal alien immigrants, period. You want to call them newcomers? Do you think putting a new word and a new paste over the old name is going to make it better? Is that going to bring back Lakin, Riley, or all the others who have been killed? No. Thanks for joining us. Here we are, the first day of March, 2024. This is the first of two hours of Larry Connors USA, back-to-back for you, every Monday through Friday evening, 6 to 8 p.m. And when we're on the air, we're also streaming video for you. Reminding you, you are here every Monday through Friday, and you can watch the streaming video at News Talk STL Rumble, Twitter, Facebook, Larry Connors, USA Rumble, Twitter, Facebook. If you miss any of it, you want to go back and watch and or listen again, LarryConnorsUSA.com or LarryConnorsUSA Facebook. So there was Alabama Senator Tuberville reminding the president of the oath of office every member of Congress takes, and so does he. And look where we are in this nation right now. Minnesota Congressman Tom Emmer. While Joe Biden is busy making empty promises at our border, the rest of the country is being forced to deal with the consequences of his neglect. At this point, 
We all know the numbers. There have been 8.7 million illegally, illegal crossings nationwide. That doesn't even include the known gotaways since Joe Biden took office. Uh, this is what we know of. The president also knows the numbers and still does nothing to protect innocent Americans from this invasion. So now we need to talk about the people. We need to talk about the real-life victims of Biden's border failures. We need to talk about the two-year-old who was fatally shot earlier this month. We need to talk about the 14-year-old girl in Louisiana who was raped. And we need to talk about Lake and Hope Riley, who went for a run on her college campus and never came home. The alleged perpetrators in each of these attacks illegal immigrants. These are just a few of the innocent Americans who've been victimized because of Joe Biden's open border policies. So welcome to our newcomers, especially if you come to create mayhem, chaos, rape, murder. Now again, many want to rush to judgment against a Venezuelan illegal being held for Lake and Hope Riley's death. It takes everything I can to hold back and say that's not the way to go. He has to be convicted. But we know numerous illegals have been convicted of crimes and never charged or really deported or actually penalized. And let me give you an example how the state-controlled media wants to look away because it might involve an illegal. One news source from Breitbart. Now, again, this is a right-wing, right-leaning operation. I want to tell you right extremist, but Breitbart pointing out hundreds show up to mourn Lake and Riley at the University of Georgia vigil in Athens, Georgia. Hundreds. You know where CNN places that story? Well, I'm going through their first page right now. It may change by the time you pull it up, but as I'm looking at it, there is no mention in the beginning. There is talk about ex-president Trump in court today, blah, 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 Trump, blah, 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 Trump more. And then they get to a funeral. They get to the Moscow funeral for Navalny, the guy supposedly killed by Putin. Now, that's a legitimate story. But I'd say the death of an American college student, possibly by an illegal, rakes highly above that story. But I'm sorry, I'm speaking news judgment, not prejudicial, how can we defeat, quote, MAGA Republicans. And then, of course, we did have Joe Biden at the border yesterday, mostly a photo op, which we knew it would. Donald Trump was also at the border. Trump had announced his visit first, and then he was going to Eagle Pass, and suddenly the Biden, uh, Biden team said, oh, we got, we got to get down on the border. And they rushed down to the border and they went to Brownsville, about 300 miles west of, or rather east of where Trump was. And I'm looking at a quote from a Border Patrol agent down there, and he'd been quoted as saying, this is a former Border Patrol chief in two years that he was on duty. I never once met with Biden or Harris in those two years. Never once. And yet, I'm going to give you a source that's almost shocking. Chris Cuomo, 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 you know, the brother of Andrew Cuomo, 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 from New York when he was governor. Chris Cuomo, of course, had a prestigious position on CNN and then until they decide to ax him. And there's more axing that's coming, and I'll get that for you a little bit later. But now he's with News Nation. And again, that kind of tells you which way News Nation leans because they hired Chris Cuomo. But Chris Cuomo starts talking about maybe what could be done. Let me set the table some food for thought on some realities. How can politicians who are supposed to be in the people-pleasing business, how can they do the least on the issue that matters the most? Immigration is a great example of what the parties are really about. Bitching about the other side instead of advocating for your interests and investigating opponents instead of solutions. And this isn't cynicism. It's not even skepticism. It's fact. Trump and Biden were both at the border today, and neither is really there for good or important reason. 
Trump was trying to capitalize on the problem that he doesn't want solved right now. While Biden, on the other hand, is hoping to recast the reality of this issue. Yeah, recast it as in calling them newcomers. And then back to Congressman Emmer of Minnesota. And talking about what we are dealing with truly. Enough is enough. I've had enough. Our majority has had enough. The American people have had enough. The question remains, how many innocent people have to suffer for it to be enough for Joe Biden to say it's enough and take action? The time for photo ops is over. The time for action is now. Even Democrat cities and governors are recognizing that. And then you're getting a split inside them, inside New York. New York City Mayor Adams says, well, we're sanctuary city. There's not much I can do about it. Well, New York Governor Hochul says, we are a sanctuary state, but we can do things. The state of New York has a different sanctuary policy. We are allowed to work with federal immigration officials when a crime has been committed, as we should be able to. And what we want to have happen in the state of New York, if someone commits a crime like the horrific assault by migrants against police officers in Times Square, I immediately said, I want them arrested, tried, and if convicted, I want them to spend time in New York jails before they are deported, because if they're released, go back to their country, I don't know that they won't be back in the next few months. So I think we have more control, at least under New York state laws. Well, then why the hell is New York City a different sanctuary state, Governor Hochul? We should not even be talking about crimes being committed by migrants in the streets of New York. And the vast majority of them are law-abiding citizens. They truly are. They came here for a better life. And I don't want to highlight those who committed crimes. They do exist. They exist in every society. But right now, the state of New York has the power to work with ICE when these situations occur. Because the, the difference is, is that Eric Adams seems to want them to be able to be deported before tried and convicted of a crime. You think that is a bad move? Well, that's a, that is not consistent with our policy at the state level. We work with people, we want them to, I want people to have a punishment when they commit a crime against a New Yorker. I wanna make sure that happens. That's very important to me. No, you don't because you, like other blue state cities and mayors have pushed for no bail policies, the George Soros approach. And back to Chris Cuomo Cuomo because he is gonna say there is a solution that could be acted on right now. Listen to President Biden and then Cuomo. So here's what I would say to Mr. Trump. Instead of playing policy with this issue, instead of telling members of Congress to block this legislation, join me, or I'll join you in telling the Congress to pass this bipartisan border security bill. Look, here's what I'll say. All right, don't join Trump. Do it yourself. Use the executive authority that is in the INA, the Immigration and Nationalization Act, and lock down the border until the processing can catch up. You can do it. If they're going to chase you in court, fine, but do something, okay? And as for Trump, look, we know the deal. Trump is behind killing the bipartisan Senate bill, and he did it for the worst reason, to keep the chaos going for the campaign. No. This is it. This is not my opinion. No. Senator McConnell said it, and Trump didn't deny it, okay? Big deal. And the House GOP resistance, that that's what it's about, that makes no sense either. Why? Well, it's a bad bill. Well, first, they were saying that before they saw the bill. Second, it wasn't just the G. This wasn't just like one GOP senator, uh, Langford from Oklahoma. You had 10 GOP senators working with the Democrats and a dozen House members. And that is because the bill was bad because it did not close the border. It just sent more agents down for processing. And quoting McConnell is the best source that Trump should be listening to. Are you out of your? Yes, you are out of your mind. Forget it. But even Chris Cuomo Cuomo admits Biden could close the border. He admitted it. said, do it now anyway. And then you have another Biden cabinet officer failing. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin. You didn't tell the president that you had cancer, that you were being treated for cancer, or that the treatment for that cancer had gone wrong because you saw it as personal and medical. And I think a lot of us have empathy for you in that regard. But now that you see how personal medical decisions are, will you call for the re-recruitment, 
restoration of full rank and back pay for the 8,600 service members who were vax mandated out of the military. Now, that's a very good question. Do you remember how many were kicked out of the military? These are healthy young men and women serving our country, some Navy SEALs, some in other units, but all healthy, but they did not want to take the vaccine. They had no cause to. They didn't have COVID, didn't suspect they would. Big deal for them. But then they were kicked out of the military, not even allowed in some cases to use religious grounds. So let's continue the questioning by Congressman Matt Gates to Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin. Mr. Secretary, you come to us seeking forgiveness, but you offer none. And it seems as though the pattern is repeated. You make a mistake, like on the VAX mandate and here regarding your notification, then you get busted. President Biden had to sign something into law reversing your your VAX mandate. You got busted here, not because you came forward, but because we learned of this through other means. And then after you get busted making a mistake, you know you want you want that benefit, but you don't want to extend it to others. Um, this isn't swift or clear. You're not meeting your own standards that you set for yourself, and you say that the DoD is a learning organization. Haven't you learned yet? that the military is weaker, not stronger, with the 8,600 people that you vax mandated out of the military? That's a very good question. And keep in mind the issue that Lloyd Austin is really facing in front of Congress is you were basically AWOL, but you didn't really report it. And I'm taking up that point as South Carolina Congresswoman Nancy Mace. When did you first receive your diagnosis? It was early December. And then who did you tell? Did you tell your staff when you received the diagnosis? I I did not. Again, uh, as I said earlier. Did you tell your staff you received the diagnosis, yes or no? Uh, No, I did not. Okay. um, When did you learn that you needed surgery? Well, as soon as that diagnosis was made, you know, you have... Okay, and then when did you you, um, tell your staff you needed surgery? When you found out you needed surgery, did you then inform your staff that you needed I, I didn't, surgery? I didn't tell my staff that I needed surgery. Um, when did you schedule the surgery? Uh, it was uh, mid-December. Okay, and that was the December 22nd surgery? Yes. When you scheduled the surgery, did you tell your staff you had a surgery scheduled? I, I did not. <laughs> In other words, he was not letting his staff know he was going to be in surgery, where he was going to be incapacitated. You remember that. We're going to have more on this controversy, this questioning of Lloyd Austin in front of Congress in the next hour, more in the next hour on that. But before this hour is over, I want you to hear how CNN tries to give Hunter Biden some excuses as to how he should get out of some things. I mean, the way they want to come around and say, don't you feel sorry for Hunter? Quit picking on him. My God. You're basically railroading the man. He was a drug addict. He needs help. He was an alcoholic. He has amnesia. Just because he's a Biden, don't pick on him. Would that be like, just because he's Biden, no one should be giving him money? You want to get into that question? That's coming up before this hour is over. But first, there are those, there are those who believe a 15-month-old, a 15-month-old, can determine if they are a girl or a boy. Lock and load. Ready. On the right. You are listening to Larry Connors, USA. Pigeons, they are everywhere, and they're very good at dive-bombing freshly washed cars. Wellington Environmental reminds you, those droppings are more than a nuisance. They can be a major health issue, especially massive droppings on buildings or in parking garages. So who do you call to safely clean it up? You do what many hospitals, universities, public buildings already do. You call Wellington Environmental. Wellington Environmental has been dealing with all kinds of of hazards for 35 years. Special people, special skills, special equipment. Wellington gets it done. So to avoid health issues ranging from pigeon droppings to mold to chemical leaks, contact Wellington. 314-644-4930. 644-4930. 
1-800-242-4930. WellingtonSTL.com. Wellington Environmental. Your world. Cleaner. Better. Safer. Be well with Wellington. Tim Jones and Chris Arps in the afternoon. Horace, Americans uh, individually have lost over $4,000 in income and over $7,000 where you have a household with both parents working. It shouldn't be, it's the economy stupid. We should just say, stupid! (laughs) It's the economy. Unbelievable the devastation that Americans are feeling. Tim Jones and Chris Arps. Weekdays at 3.30 on News Talk STL. What if everything you thought and believed to be true about owning and buying your home turned out to be wrong? Straightforward, objective advice on the right way to make the most out of every dollar you put into your home. We're the only country that has one of those. Most other countries, considering like Canada, the UK, uh, they don't have long-term fixed-rate mortgages like that. They're all variable-rate mortgages. Hmm. HomeWise with Michael Midget, Sunday mornings at 9 on News Talk STL. Great news for my sponsor, Napoli C. And it's no surprise to me, nor hundreds who have dined there. The first time I entered, it was clear Napoli C is unique. The decor, the fish, imaginative cocktails. And, of course, Napoli C is right next door to Napoli 3 in St. Charles. Napoli 2 is in town and country. The original Cafe Napoli is in Clayton. And I'm honored to endorse each of them. Visit any of the Cafe Napoli's. This is News Talk STL. Welcome back. I told you a little bit about this story yesterday. In fact, I have a commentary running out through today. If you missed it, it'll be available again uh, throughout this day, obviously. This dealt with a study out of a journal of the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychology. It was titled, Mothers of Boys with Gender Identity Disorder and then a comparison of match controls. What they were finding in this mother of boys, that supposedly the boys have gender identity disorder, involved something like in their study, they found 53% of the mothers of those same boys who had children that were, quote, gender dysphoric, the mothers themselves had a borderline personality disorder. You see where that points? The mothers already have a borderline personality disorder of some type or another themselves. And now they've had a child who is a boy, but they didn't really want a boy or they want to raise him as a girl, and they're trying to push the boy into being a girl. And some are even claiming they were having a party. This is where I first picked it up on Twitter through the libs of TikTok that they were pointing out that we have situations here where these mothers all come together. They bring their children. These are barely toddlers, 13, 14, 16 months old, and they're walking around. The boys are in dresses, and the girls are dressed to look like a boy, and the mothers are saying, my child is a girl, when in fact they were biologically and are biologically a male. And they got other mothers that are a support group for them, saying this is all good. We can bring our children together so they can learn their gender identity issues, and we will help them. And every one of these mothers, according to this study, at least 53% of those that they looked into, had their own personality disorders. Listen, a parent's personality disorder or bad habits, be it drugs or alcohol, does affect the children. And in cases where we see it and we know it, where the child's children are being neglected and are abused, then we do have services that can, should be stepping in once notification is given. But in a case like this, too many are afraid to blow the whistle and say, 
they are mistreating their child. And in fact, the other side comes rushing forward. If they think maybe the child should be a boy and it was born a girl, they're the ones who call in and get the parents on the hook for not being a good parent. You looking for any common sense in what I'm telling you? There is none. There is none. This is taking a child at the most vulnerable stage of their life as they're beginning to develop and reshaping molding their mind to fit your own agenda. Look back over your own childhood. First of all is girls. Maybe you like to swing from trees, climb the trees with the boys. You like to play baseball, maybe basketball. Of course, no, those are girls' sports as far as baseball and basketball. Maybe more softball, but it's still the same game. Climbing trees, doing things, playing with trucks. Boys also many times would play with dolls. A G.I. Joe is a doll. You do know that. But they might also play with other babies, dolls. And then maybe they might even want to put on a dress, see how pretty they would look in it. They're children. They're experimenting. They don't really know. And that does not mean they're gender dysphoric until an adult, in this case a parent, tells them, you know, I think, Tommy, I know you are a boy. You think you're a boy, but you, I think you're really a girl. Well, the kids are going to listen to their parents. And if those same parents take them to a pediatrician who is all woke in this sense, they're going to not help the child. They're going to basically affirm what the mother parent is saying. And now the child is really screwed up, just as a toddler. And then when they get into an environment where there are other kids that are not being sold that piece of propaganda, they get more confused. And yes, here's where you have those coming in from the left say, hey, if, if, if they're gender dysphoric, they feel like they're in the wrong body and you don't go along and affirm it and help them out, Get them on puberty blockers as soon as possible, even into castration, chopping off breasts as they begin to develop them. You will harm that child. You will harm the child. You're protecting the child. But they will tell you you're harming it, and they will do everything they can to take your own child away from you. And there are a lot of kids at later stages in their life now. Used to be teens. Now it's dropping down lower to junior high and even into grade school where they're making the decision because this stuff is being pushed on them constantly. The well has been poisoned, and every child that gets near it is sucked into it. Then they're asking mommy or daddy, can, can I have a surgery? Can I wear girls' clothes? Or they try to hide it for a while. They pack them in a bag, take it to school, and at school they change and they start talking about pronouns because, again, we have adults that are willing to let them be whatever they want to be. And they never really get into the nature of their own ability. And maybe if you have an issue, a legitimate issue, and you're not just trying to trend to go along with the others, hey, ever Sally and Bobby... Uh, they think they're opposite sex, so I am too. That, you know, we're all friends. How many friends do you have that do something that you're not really into? You know, it d doesn't mean there's anything different or wrong about either one of you. They do something you just have no interest in. But if you think, to be their friend, I need to get involved in that. Like, uh, let's say, riding motorcycles. You have some guys or girls. Ladies, men, that you know like to ride motorcycles. But you can, you know, if you're meeting them anytime, you're meeting them wherever they're parked for, a, you know, a brief stop and maybe having a bite with them, and then they tear off on the motorcycles and you go off in your car somewhere. But you begin to think, you know, if I really want to be close to them, maybe I need to be more like them. In other words, I need to get a motorcycle. And maybe you do. Or maybe that's not the thing for you. It's down to something as simple as going to a particular restaurant. 
I don't like that Chinese food. I like Mexican food. I don't like Chinese food. But all my friends are going to Chinese food, so I guess I should go because I want to be friends with them. I don't know what I'll eat, maybe the fortune cookie, but if you have that attitude, you just want to be with your friends. Children are more malleable than that as you as an adult. And again, this study finding that 53% of mothers with gender dysphoric children. Now, classified gender dysphoric, that's not necessarily by a medical study that the children are actually gender dysphoric, but might be moms saying they're gender dysphoric, or in some cases they might actually be gender dysphoric, but then the moms in 53% are borderline personality disorders themselves. Which came first? Egg or the chicken? In this case, the parent. The parent was there first, then comes a child, and then the parent is instilling their beliefs upon the child, and no one's there to stop it. It was also shown in another study, which is titled, How Mothers with Borderline Personality Disorder, the very thing I discussed, relate to their year-old infants. One-year-old. And how these mothers who have these personality disorders relate to their child at one years of age. It was found in this study, 85% of women with borderline personality showed what they call disrupted effective communication with their infants. That means they were not really communicating with them effectively. And were distinguished by the prevalence of disoriented behavior. And then, of course, the children end up seeing that, and that they think that's normal. I'll give you another example. Aside from gender ideology, I know a family that has an autistic child. Discovered at an early age, now the child's seven or eight. Uh, has a brother now. The brother would be about five, four or five. The older autistic child will sometimes just kind of run around with his hands held open and his mouth open and maybe screaming or just running around with his hands up. Who runs with their hands up? Well, that apparently is some mark of autism. I'm not a professional, but all I do know is that the younger brother sees his brother doing that, so he mimics him. He thinks that's the way you're supposed to run and do things. Well, at some point, at some point, it would be pointed out to him, and I know the parents have mentioned it to him, but he will learn from other kids that, you know, you don't run like that. Again, children will mimic others. And if parents are going to encourage them, the child that is put on that road has very little ability to change things. They have no control of their life. They have no way whatsoever. They're at the mercy of the parents. The bottom line is a 12, 13, 14, 17-month-old child has no concept of pronouns or gender identity, period. They have no concept other than what you put into their minds. Two plus two equals four. You put that in their mind. You are born with a penis, but you're not a boy, you're a girl. When you reach them at a certain age, you imprint upon them, and that's what they become. Coming up, how CNNN tries to give Hunter Biden excuses and make you feel guilty for going after him. You can connect with Larry on Twitter at Larry Connors USA. I got an email which brought a smile. A woman named Mary wrote me, We are purchasing a new roof from John Beale based on your recommendation. I thanked her then. I do it again now. Mary, I only endorse clients I believe in. And I've been a spokesman for John Beale for 10 years. It's all about trust. So if, like Mary, you need John Beal, trust me. Call 1-800-NEW-ROOF. 1-800-NEW-ROOF. 
The United States Deputy Sheriff's Association is a national nonprofit and the largest non-governmental provider of services to law enforcement. The USDSA assists city, county, state, and federal agencies with free safety equipment donations and officer survival training along with cash donations to families of law enforcement officers who perish in the line of duty, a citizen awareness program, and more. For more information on United States Deputy Sheriff's Association, please visit usdeputy.org. I like supporting local companies that give back to the community. For more than 40 years, Vincent's Jewelers has helped raise more than $1.5 million for local charities. So I'm personally asking that when you're shopping for jewelry, give Vincent's a chance. And in turn, Vincent's will give even more to our community. On Olive, just east of 270. New specials every day on Vincent'sJewelers.com or Vincent's Facebook. News, analysis, opinion. USA, USA. That's a big game, man. She's really losing control. People in China didn't ask me about people knowing each other down in the mall. This is News Talk STL. It is their responsibility. Aid is a metastasizing agent. We're all keeping a close eye on this. Illegal immigration is crazy right now. This United States is not being overrun. News Talk STL. It is a crisis at the border without question. At NewstalkSTL.com. McGuire Moving will come to your home or office and give you a free, honest appraisal. Not over the phone. That way you won't be shocked come moving day. Really tight budget? McGuire will offer advice that could save you even more money. McGuire, fully licensed and insured, also has climate-controlled storage for you. McGuireMoving.com. It's that simple. Just remember, you're moving anything, anytime, McGuireMoving.com. This is News Talk STL. I am flesh and I am bone. Rise up, ting, ting, like glitter and gold. I got fire in my soul. Rise up, ting, ting, like glitter. Like glitter and gold. Like glitter. is Larry Connors USA. Larry Connors USA. We're getting our very first look at the transcript of Hunter Biden's 6 plus our closed door deposition before the Republican led House Oversight and Judiciary Committees. At times measured at times defiant, the president's son was pushing back against allegations that his father profited from his business dealings overseas, saying, all I know is this, my father was never involved in any of my business ever, never received a cent from anybody or never benefited in any way, never took any actions on behalf in any way. And I can absolutely 100% state that is not just in my case, but in every family member's case. That was a sin and an anchor and talking about when she said Hunter Biden spent his six hours in testimony. Like, oh, my God, it's grueling. Six hours. It's really tough. <laughs> there need to be more hours, and there will be because there will be a public hearing coming up. Yesterday was the deposition for Hunter Biden behind closed doors. Now, we've heard some of the remarks coming out by various members of Congress, Republican and Democrat, who were party to the the closed-door hearing. They can't get specifics, but they can give us general guide points. They've said from the Republican side, well, he contradicted himself. He would say one thing and should change it up and make an excuse for this one or that one. Now, again... That's what they're saying. You can take it with the same grain of salt. I told you to take everything that came out of the mouth of Democrats during the Adam Schiff closed-door hearings when they would come out and say, oh, we got Trump. We got Trump. I can't tell you. Can't give you specifics, but we got him nailed. And I told you then, you can take what they say and either accept it or question it, but eventually we'll have a public hearing and or we'll see depositions. And when those depositions came out, from the Adam Schiff hearings into Donald Trump, every one of those who came out and claimed that they had something and knew something and how bad it was going to be were testifying because they can lie to you, the American public, 
but they dare not lie to Congress without the threat of perjury. And every one of them would say, well, I don't really know anything. I don't know anything about it. You see how the game's played. Well, here was CNN and NNN talking about this tough grilling that poor Hunter Biden had to face yesterday. We're getting our first look at the grilling six hours. And that sometimes he was defiant. <laughs> well, all right, let's continue this with a question that the same CNN and anchor, and I didn't bother writing down her name. I, I could care less. They're all one and the same animal. But she raised a question of Democrat, Texas Congresswoman Jasmine Crockett. Was there a piece of evidence that actually incriminated President Biden in any of this? No, absolutely not. First of all, it's great to see you this evening. Um, and actually, what's very interesting is that Hunter, he did really, really well. Like, I was sitting there thinking, like, you know, I'm ready to get up and rumble uh, based on, <laughs> you know, the attitude that people had. But he actually was very even kill. Um, and when it came to his attorney, I mean, his attorney could give a master class on what it is to be an actual trial attorney. As someone who has 18 years under her belt, I felt like I was in my first year of law school because he was excellent. And I think what happened is the Republicans kept thinking, well, Hunter's just this dope head and he's just stupid and he's nobody. So we're just going to talk to him crazy instead of recognizing this is a trained attorney. This is someone who has an amazingly trained attorney and someone who understands the stakes. And Hunter never, ever gave in to their antics. He actually was very level-headed the entire time. So he did not get up and rumble, although you, uh, Congresswoman Crockett, were willing to put on your rumble shoes and jump into the fray. Well, you obviously had a chance to question him as well, and I'm sure they were softball questions. The transcript is out, and I want to give you a share of what The Hill, again, this is the publication that covers Congress, and it leans more left, but it can be factual. And what I'm going to read to you, I don't know how factual it is, but here is what they say are their five takeaways from the deposition that has been released. It begins with GOP failed to score a knockout punch. Well, I don't know that was the intent during this closed-door hearing. I ask you, if you had some really incriminating, damning evidence, do you want to tip your hand early, or do you want to wait until showdown comes? That would be like the public hearing and bring up something that, oh, they know that one also. I'm not saying they do. I'm just asking you, how would you play your hand? Anyway, he goes on to say, Hunter Biden was a star witness of the investigation, the figure on whom their most serious allegations hung. Now, see, that's very interesting because previously they were trying to make it appear that the Republicans were hanging everything on the FBI informant, and his information was Important and vital, but he was an FBI informant. And, of course, now he's charged with lying to the FBI. So now they're saying, see, the whole case, there's nothing there. So now let's look at Hunter Biden as being the most important. And according to the Hills reporter, as they were gauging their takeaways, and the reporter in this case is uh, Mike Lillis and Michelle Schnell, I guess. I don't know anything about them, but they write for the Hills, so... You'd take that with a grain of salt, possibly. They went ahead and said Republicans repeatedly, well, first of all, they say Republicans were hoping Hunter would provide smoking gun evidence of Biden family wrongdoing. They came up short. I don't know that they were looking for Hunter to give them smoking gun evidence. They just want to see how he would handle the questions they've got in front of him. And they went on to say Republicans repeatedly accused Hunter Biden of it accepting payments from foreign companies, transferring those to other family members, including the president. But Hunter Biden, this is according to the Hill, countered each accusation with detailed accounts of those business arrangements, never invoking his Fifth Amendment rights, all of which led to a no-clear knockout punch for the GOP. And yet, didn't we hear yesterday from members of Congress, Republican, he seemed to be forgetful on some things. He'd be very... His recollection was extremely strong on some points, but others, I, 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 I don't remember. And then there was something interesting that, again, Texas Congresswoman Democrat 
Jasmine Crockett pointed out to her CNN host interviewing her about something Hunter did during a break of the proceedings. And keep in mind, these were not televised, so we had no video to show any reaction between either one of them. But here's what Congresswoman Crockett said took place. Hunter decided to walk directly up to Nancy Mace, no one else. And he said to her, I hope that you learn that I'm not the person that you think that I am. And Ooh. she was just and she was rude. But like literally like this guy is trying to explain to them that like attacking me and y'all are trying to break me. But the reality is that, yes, I've had my struggles, but at the same time, I have been a child who's been engaged in politics since I was two. The only father that I've known has been a politician. And uh, I, I think that that was there was just a lot of really moving points of his testimony to me that came off very, very, very much human. That's really incredible to hear. What was uh, Nancy Mace's reaction when he said that? Did she I mean there were no cameras present? So I often wonder about just how much more genuine people's reactions can be in the absence of them. What was her reaction? She was still Nancy. She was still Nancy. <laughs> she was still Nancy. Still Nancy. Still Nancy. Now here he's saying, you know, I, she came across as. You know, I've been a father, my only father I've ever known, well, you only have one father, has been a politician all my life. So I've known that since I was two years old. What was me? What was me? My father's been a politician all these years. What was me? My doctor, my father has been a doctor or a lawyer. What was me because of the life I've been cast in? <laughs> and, of course, yes, I had an addiction issue. Come on, where's your sympathy for these people with addictions? Yes, I have sympathy for them. And yes, yes, there are a lot of things Hunter did that are way out of bounds, regardless if he's a son of the vice president, president, or whatever. But at some point, at some point, Hunter, you do realize, maybe you don't, but at some point you're accountable for your own actions. It's not because your father was in politics all his life and that you're just kind of saddled with it. In fact, you weren't saddled with it. You looked up on it as a trophy to carry around and show, look, this is my daddy, and you used it. That's the key point. But again, they want so much to paint a sympathetic picture because Hunter Biden just, well, here's another thing the Hill points out. I told you they listed five points, five takeaways. Here's their second takeaway after being that there was no knockout. The second takeaway according to the Hunter testimony, based upon what the Hill correspondents decided, the Biden family tragedy cost, uh, cast shadows over the testimony. Ooh. Hunter Biden, it points out, lost his mother and his sister in a fatal crash in 1971. To that extent, I do feel sorry for him in such a loss. Watched his brother, Bo, die of brain cancer in 2015. Not in military action, but brain cancer. He might have gotten exposed to Agent Orange and led to it. That will I concede. But they point out tragedies that cast a shadow over Hunter Biden's testimony Wednesday and underscored the close relationship between the president and his son. So, in other words, don't get too tough with him. Don't forget. Don't forget this. This is this is his life. And he's been filled with tragedy. And the third point being Hunter Biden's addiction runs entirely through his testimony. Talked numerous times back and forth in, with the Congressman Gates about being on drugs. And in fact, Gates asked at one time, were you on drugs when you were on the Burisma board? And Biden said, Mr. Gates, look at me in the eye. You really think that's appropriately? And Gates said, Absolutely. And Biden said, of all the people sitting around this table, do you think that's appropriate to ask me? And he said, I've been transparent about my drug use. I'm sorry, I'm an addict. I'm an addict. In other words, are you trying to embarrass me? No, we're trying to get to the truth, Hunter Biden. But again, back to the CNN anchor is how she wants you to have sympathy for Hunter, and you should feel guilty. Republicans questioned Hunter Biden about, I think it was a WhatsApp message that he sent to a Chinese associate demanding payment, in which he said he was sitting next to his father, but he testified to the committee that he was drunk, 
and probably high at the time, saying, quote, I was out of my mind. My father was not sitting next to me. My father had no awareness. Obviously, in some respects, Congresswoman, his struggles since 2019 with addiction to alcohol and drugs has been very much a part of the conversation. And he has said that he is carrying so much weight about trying to remain sober as a fight for democracy. Did any of that play out in the hearing? Oh, my God. Do you catch all of that? As I said, shouldn't you feel guilty for even questioning his addiction and Everything was going on. Told you the amnesia would come back around for the Biden family, and it did for Hunter at that particular point. Because he cannot deny what's on the app message, the quotes that are on there from his phone. So there's where amnesia sets in. And again, pity me, poor pity me. Let's throw a pity party for Hunter in a public hearing still to come. I'm looking forward to it. Now, one member of the U.S. Senate made what fell just short of threatening harm to the illegal currently charged with killing Lake and Hope Riley, that young Georgia nursing student killed supposedly by an illegal. You're going to hear his comments when we continue. You are listening to Larry Connors, USA. You want to give someone something which they will really enjoy? Give them a Cafe Napoli gift card. You pick the amount. They pick which of the Cafe Napoli's they want to visit. Cafe Napoli in Clayton. Cafe Napoli in Town and Country. Napoli 3 on the streets of St. Charles. Or right next door, Napoli C. The Napoli gift card. It's the perfect gift for anyone. Or your entire office. Cafe Napoli. Cafe Napoli. This is Larry Connors USA. Larry Connors USA. If Lake and Raleigh were my daughter... If Lake and Raleigh were my daughter, Secretary Orcas would have a lot more to worry about than a pending impeachment trial. He'd need to go into hiding. It's embarrassment to this country of how these people are holding people accountable under the law. I would do everything in my power to ensure he never forgot her name, and that his inaction led to her death. Blood is on his hands. Alabama Senator Tuberville. As I said, some will say, that's, that's kind of over the line, Senator. You're suggesting you would bodily harm the guy. He's talking as if I were her father, he'd have more to fear than just being put in a jail cell. Let me share this with you before we break this first hour. I'd mentioned earlier that CNN and NNN anchors are facing a cutthroat business coming up. They always have. You heard from Chris Cuomo, who got cut by CNN and NNN, now with, a, what is it called, News something, News Nation. Well, now the report from In Touch that watches the media says the new CEO of CNN is looking at cutting various main names, that means Anderson Cooper, Chris Wallace, Wolf Blitzer, Jake Tapper could be facing dates with the Axeman. A spokesman for Jake Tapper says, talks of my ouster are false. Okay, well, we'll see. And then CNN pays Anderson Cooper $20 million, which works out to about $40 a viewer. Chris Wallace and Tapper make $8 million. What do you think they believe? Why is, why is Anderson Cottonmouth Cooper getting $20 million? We're only getting $8 million. What the hell? CNN's problem is not its left-wing politics or lying. MSNBC does the same and attracts a much bigger audience. No, the issue with CNN and N is that its anchor lineup is without question the most unappealing, humorless, smug, charisma-free group of people ever assembled on TV, and might I add, and liars! Second hour, more on the Hunter Biden Inquisition and Lloyd Austin. Remember our pledge, one nation under God. 